0: hello i'm derek ray and you're listening to the scottish football forums podcast hello and welcome to the second edition of the scottish football forums podcast i'm craig and i'm the founder of scottish football forums
1: hello i'm laurie I'm a contributor to the Scottish Football Forums, uh, a writer for the website as well. Today in this podcast, we're going to be looking at the issue of summer football. After the first weekend of the season, the sun was out in force, fans out in their short sleeve tops, and is this possibly the way we'd want it be for the entire season, rather than just a couple of months in the beginning and at the end?
0: You may have listened to our first podcast that we released last week, and. There was some interesting feedback. One of the the feedback that really tickled me was the fact that I was described as sounding like Reverend I. M. Jolly, <laughs> which I'm not I, I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not. But hopefully I don't sound that bad for the second one. Well,
1: you've had a bit more to drink, I think. So,
0: Eh yeah, I have had had, had a half a glass of Jack Daniels, but that's some Dutch courage. Joining us on the second podcast is a, a special guest, I told Fraser that to call him special, uh, a sports journalist, Fraser. Hello Fraser.
2: How you doing guys? Good Hello. to be here, thanks for having me.
0: No worries. I th- thanks for coming on, cheers. Uh, F- Fraser, I was wondering if you could tell us what you were up to the weekend, I hear you were at the Cimarnock game.
2: I was, yeah, I uh, went up to Dundee on Sunday for the Dundee United Cimarnock game, it was uh, a fine spectacle for summer football, it was a good game. And uh, a nice way to start the new season.
1: And just, just, yeah, just to a, establish that uh, Fraser is a Camarnock
0: a fan for his sins, aren't you?
2: Uh, for my sins, yeah. I do a bit of work with the, in the club there. Yeah.
0: yeah, I got a text from a, a guy, a Dundee United fan actually, a member of the forum, Jimmy Gomez, and he was saying that it was uh, far too hot for a game of football, which, well, it was <laughs> far too hot for me sitting in my garden.
2: I didn't get too hot at the football, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there, was a, there was a... I also read a comment on Facebook saying that somebody had to seek shade. I was I was watching the highlights on the, the BBC and, well, McEwen's goal, it's obviously too early to be talking about goal of the season, but I definitely put that down as a wonder strike. Was it maybe 30, 35 yards out?
2: 33, I'd say. I think right, right in the middle between the 30 and 35. It was spectacular strike, one touch, and uh, just smashed it. And it was accurate and powerful, and uh, to an extent, I'm I'm pretty sure he meant it. There was no. I'd like to see him do it again. I think he might be able to as well.
0: I like how you went very specific with the 33 yards there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was trying to find the middle point at 30 and 35. <laughs>
1: so so um, overall, were you were you pleased with Kamarnik's start to the season?
2: Hard place to go. Tannadice is a very hard place to go, and uh, to come away with a point at any time throughout the season, you'd be happy. Uh, first game of the season to uh, be able to come away with your, hell, your head held high and think that you performed well, which I think Kilmarnock did. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm very happy with that. Uh, one or two areas still needing tweaked, but first game of the season and uh, the new signings haven't exactly gelled uh, as much as you'd maybe like them to, but positive signs and I think we can carry on the good form of last season.
1: I was going to look back, uh, Craig... To a certain season opener uh, the day before What were your thoughts on um, Rangers earning a, a respectable 1-1 draw with the mighty
0: hearts? And... I have to say that I was I was excited about the game I, The first game of the season I was excited about seeing White unfurl the, the championship flag That's kind of where it ended, the, the first half was <laughs> woeful That's where the excitement ended, was it? <laughs> yes, yes the The first half was woeful. I think the the Bouguera, I think he was just overhyped for the match. And the amount of times I seen him go a wander, and there was times that I felt that Stephen Davis or even Morrison were were playing at centre half. It was just it really was bad. Whitaker himself was he just can't handle Templeton when he's on his game. And I think Whitaker's a good defender. It's just he just didn't look it in the first half. Hearts definitely deserved the lead. What do you think, Fraser? Did you watch it?
2: I did watch the game. Uh, it was a bit of a flat affair for a, a season opener, I have to say. Thought Rangers looked very average. Hearts played a fantastic first half, uh, really bossed the game, and Rangers were well beyond the pace. But uh, as they usually do at home, they came into it in the second half and. A few, a few key players there for them. I thought Nate Smith in particular played very well. Quite like the look of uh, Ortiz out in the the left wing, and uh, yeah, Rangers, Rangers will probably pull it together, but uh, they looked uh, quite shy of match fitness yesterday, certainly or Saturday. Sorry.
1: I'm surprised you managed to see Ortiz. Uh, I didn't. I didn't
0: notice him get out of uh, Ryan McGowan's pocket all game. <laughs> I, I see what you did there, Laurie. I see that. Uh. I think uh, McGowan definitely. Definitely I thought
2: he was today. I think uh, he offers a little, you know, a little bit of bite. He's he's
1: not a right back either. We've played him um, central midfield yeah. a lot and centre back. I I prefer him at centre back. I definitely think he's a defender. I don't think he's a midfielder. But he got forward quite impressively for me as well. Not really seen much of that from him yet because, as I say, he's generally been in the centre. But I thought he got down the wing quite well supported. I was happy all round. Fair result. I thought we controlled the first half. Um, Rangers had the second. Uh, Granger was good. I really liked him anyway. And I thought he'd done really well left back. And although he's not as good as Wallace overall, I think he's got a much better final ball than Lee Wallace. Which I think could be handy with John Sutton in the middle. Although he didn't really get much of a look in on Saturday. So overall, please. I was going to move on to a couple of other games on Saturday as well. Briefly talk about the Aberdeen game at Homerson Johnson. I'll throw out the first in case anyone actually saw the game. I only managed the highlights.
2: Yeah, I was highlights alone myself.
0: Yeah, same here, yeah. It's, it's not one that I expected much from, to be honest. I think St. Johnson, didn't really expect many goals from them. Aberdeen the same, so I I think I had it down for maybe a, a nil nil draw. Maybe a, maybe one nil to Aberdeen prior to the game. But uh, yeah, it's no surprise to see that that was goalless. Yeah, I mean, I put
1: down 1-0 Aberdeen, but again, I was the same with you. But apparently, from what I heard, Aberdeen actually played really well, probably deserved the win. And from the highlights I saw, they um, had a fair few chances to win the game. The win seemed absolutely dreadful at Petodre. I saw one corner coming in and it pretty much stopped midair and then started coming back down the other way.
0: Yeah, and Enkelman, str- was that the one at the front post? Aye, the that, struggled. that yeah. was
1: the one. Um, sending off, I don't think I can complain. I don't think it was... Malicious, but it was late
0: and rash. So I think it was it was, it was so dangerous. I, I think the guy's lucky that he had his foot off the ground because that's definitely a leg breaker. If his foot was on the ground, it's, the way he was just sent flying, really. But you're right. I don't think there was anything malicious in it. It was just it was just a late challenge.
1: Yep. And uh, the other game on Saturday was um, the now league leaders in Motherwell <laughs> as they played um, Inverness. Comfortable 3-0 victory, although from the highlights I saw, I thought maybe seemed to do a disservice to Inverness. They seemed to put up not a bad fight, actually. Did you catch any of the game, Fraser?
2: Yeah, I saw the highlights of the, the Motherwell-Inverness game. I have to say, I thought uh, Motherwell looked very comfortable and very composed going forward. I like the look of uh, Law, and uh, Murphy's doing absolutely no harm to his stock. Uh, that's A few people actually actually uh, putting together transfer bids for him today, so... Inverness, I was surprised that Inverness took such a beating, I have to say. I think they were under Terry Butcher, a very, very strong team. I do expect them to finish in the certainly near the top six this season again. So, uh, yeah, I was a little bit uh, shocked that it was 3-0, but Motherwell looked very good.
0: I think the, the 3-0 scoreline, from what I've seen anyway, seemed to flatter Motherwell. I thought Inverness had a few good chances. The, there was a chance where... The, Perhaps they hit the post, or Randolph had a very strong hand, and I think was it the bar that they hit yeah. later on. So I think I think they did well. I thought I'd mention Lasley's goal I mentioned earlier was it the the Killie McCune. McCune for command. Scored come on up, yeah. a, a wonder strike. Well, Lasley, I think postage stamp would be the best way to describe that superb goal.
2: He, he knew what he was doing. One touch to the side, and he just smashed it. It was a great finish.
0: Yeah, no keepers getting that. On Sunday, the the first game was Hibs against Celtic. Now, going on the the form last season, you'd think it would be a comfortable win for Celtic, but the scoreline suggests it was comfortable at 2-0, but I think I'm the only one coming away from this impressed by Hibs. I know that they didn't have any shots on target, and that's a pretty damning statistic. They didn't have any shots whatsoever. (laughs) I'm just saying, I
1: was I I was shocked when I saw it as well but it was apparently no shots on or off target apart from Gary O'Connor maybe skiffing one with his uh, laces I couldn't actually remember any shots when I thought back
0: No, maybe you're right There was a time when Gary O'Connor was almost free and goal but the referee called it back for a free kick Who knows whether Wilson heard the free kick uh, the whistle get blown and and he, he didn't really commit to the the run. But but yeah, I was I was impressed with him. Maybe I was basing that on how they played last season. For Celtic themselves, I was I was really impressed with Wilson. I thought that he's not he's not your your limited defender. He seems to want to play football and well that impresses me as a defender myself. A Key great strike. I think he can do it. As I mentioned in the first po- podcast that. You can hit a good ping and in this instance it was again I'm gonna use a cliche postage stamp, but it was it was it was perfect, it was almost kissing the post as it went in.
1: Personally I thought it was a lot more even in the first half than I expected it to be. I, I kinda thought Hibbs would get a bit overrun. At the same time though, I thought maybe Celtic had a gear or two that they could go up to if necessary, if need be. They seemed quite content when they were one 0 up not to overexert themselves too much. It wasn't the best performance all round, but I think it was reasonably comfortable. Hibs threatened a few times with balls across the box, I thought, in the first half, without really producing anything. But I think Lennon will be quite satisfied with the performance, and I think Celtic will have a lot more to offer in games. And I think if Hibs had managed to equalise, or Celtic hadn't got that opening goal quite early on, I think maybe they would have kicked it up a notch. The final game of the weekend came at East End Park, the Monday evening game, which ended goalless between Dunfermline and St Mirren. Kind of put that down as a tight game. I did put down St Mirren in the SFF predictor, as I was quite impressed with the signings they made. I didn't catch the entire game. I saw the first half. I thought St Mirren played very well in the first half. They missed a penalty. Uh, Stephen Thompson, not the best penalty, though Paul Gallagher did quite well to turn it around the post. Other than that, I thought Dunfermline looked... A bit bereft of ideas, I thought St. Mirren were passing the ball around them, but as I say, I didn't see the second half. I don't know if anyone caught the full game at all.
2: Dunfermline looked heavy tacklers, and they looked a bit. They looked like a first division team struggling to make it in the SPL. They were very aggressive. Uh, St. Mirren passed the ball around fantastically well. It was uh, a good game to watch from the first half. Second half, it was just a case of Dunfermline uh, trying to keep it uh, uh, goalless, I believe.
0: Yeah, it was. It was one game that, although I had St. Mirren. I thought that they would do well this season. I thought that Dunfermline, I thought the, the hype really of coming into the SPL, I thought it would have driven them on to a win. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. I, I, I didn't see it myself, but nil-nil suggests that I, I had a lucky escape.
1: You think you're probably right there.
0: Following on from the success of our predictor last year, the SPL predictor returns for another season. The rules are the same simply predict the score of each SPL match. Prizes this year include a £100 cash top prize and a £20 monthly prize. Best of all, entry is free to forum members. So please visit scottishfootballforums.co.uk to register.
1: The main topic we were going to be discussing today was the issue of summer football which was one that has come up on numerous occasions it was actually I was listening to the radio the other week and uh, Derek Gray had brought it up and he'd made some very good points about it and it was something
0: that was then discussed on the forum yeah it really just tied up a topic in the forum just saying uh, what everyone thoughts was on summer football and Bundy a regular says, playing the summer drier months undoubtedly helps both attendances and the opportunity for better TV revenues for the SPL. To me, it makes no sense arguing that it wouldn't help us in Europe or internationally, because right now we get gubbed, good Scottish term there, regularly by teams who are no better than average. He mentions Dundee United there. I also think it would help grassroots football too. Being able to train and coach kids more regularly and outdoors too during summer holidays would be highly beneficial given the lack of quality facilities we have at present. Right now, we have absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain. The TV revenue itself stands out. If you look at Sky and ESPN, which, to be honest, I don't think we should really be looking beyond them because they are the two big players right now. During the summer months, they don't really have much on, in terms to entice the, the football fan. They do have, you do get the the World Cup and the European Championships on terrestrial TV, but they only occur every well, two years effectively. So I think that it could be, it could lead to a, a better TV deal because Sky and ESPN they do want to their customers for the summer. They want to avoid, I know personally I've cancelled my, my Sky for the summer, and as soon as the season's restarting, I reopen my, my account, so they want to keep that, so I think it could lead to more money.
2: Yeah, I think i probably agree with you there, Craig, um, that like you say, it's a it's a missed opportunity almost for uh, the big TV companies, there is no or very little coverage of football tournaments uh, that, isn't, that aren't a major championship during the summer, and uh You know, It would almost overlap the English Premiership if it was to play the normal time, the normal schedule, if the Scottish uh, Premier League was to play in different months and all of a sudden you've got 12 months worth of football. So it makes uh, sense from the television company's point of view, but I think it also makes sense from Scottish football's point of view, certainly from a TV point of view and and revenue in the back pocket, but from so many other points of view, I'd have to say I think it's uh, the way to go.
1: On this issue, uh, I'm going to, to a degree, play devil's advocate. Um, I'm not. I'm not completely against it. I, I'm not. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm uh, staunchly opposed to it, but I do lean towards keeping it the way it is. Couple of things. I mean, first. I mean, in terms of the international competitions, I know you say that every two years, but basically that means every second season there's going to be one on, which is what the the whole of June at least, where people are probably going to rather watch international games. They're not going to be interested in SPL games. The regular fans might even be more interested in staying at home and watching World Cup games, European Championship games. I mean, out of the 53 UEFA member nations, only 13 play through the summer. And only one of those are in the top half. I mean, we're 15th just now, I believe. and only So we're well in the top half. And only one team, one country rather, are in the top half of those rankings, and that's Russia. And I think it's plainly obvious why Russia can't play in the winter. Obviously, if we think our weather's bad, then theirs is certainly extreme. In terms of this, I see a lot. I hear a lot of people saying that we struggle in Europe because all these other countries are already playing, they're already mid-season. But I look back over the last few years, and we don't really get put out by teams whose season has already started. I mean, United got paired by Slask this year, they don't play through the summer. Last year, Motherwell got put out by a Danish team. They don't play through the summer. Celtic were put out by Utrecht in the Europa League, who don't play in the summer. Braga in the Champions League, they don't play through the summer. United were put out by a Greek team. Athens, they don't play through the summer. The year before, Celtic actually put out a Russian team (coughs) in Dynamo Moscow, and then were put out by Arsenal. Falkirk out by a Liechtenstein team. Aberdeen by a Czech team. Motherwell from a Romanian team. And Hearts by a Croatian team. And... None of these countries play through the summer either. So I don't necessarily think our problem in these qualifying stages is the fact that our season hasn't started. It might just be the fact that our teams just aren't doing very well. Of course, I think the last time was Rangers getting beat by Kaunas and Lithuanian football does play through the summer. But I think if they put that down to that fact, then I think that would be a poor excuse, really, to be honest. I just feel there's a lot of negatives to it. Another thing for me is the transfer window issue. Obviously, at the moment, we play the regular season, so to speak, as in we're in sync with the major nations, the England, the Spain, the Germany, France, uh, Holland, etc. So the players are used to having a pre season in the summer and they start their, their season. So they're looking for moves, you know, the free transfers available in, say, you know, July, August. That's when they're looking for a new team. That's when they want to train and get into a new team. If we're talking, that's three quarters of the way through the season. Are our clubs going to be looking to sign players? Are players going to be wanting to sign for a club and then go straight into the start of a season when they've maybe just started their summer break? I don't know. I think it'll put players off from coming to Scotland. Um, even attracting, even our clubs are outside the old firm clubs trying to attract players from League One or Championship. Are they really going to want to leave in July knowing that they're going to be going to a season which is halfway through when they're going to be wanting their break? I think it could be problematic. And again, when we're trying to sign our players for the start of the season, if we're talking a March start, we either have to get our business done in the January transfer window or we're looking at our own transfer window, which a lot of countries do, which is open in March, which then means our club's going to want to sell players in March unless they're surplus to requirements. They're not going to want to let players go when they're coming to the last two months of the season. And we can't afford to... I think the only way places like Russia can attract players is because they pay a lot of money. I don't think we can afford to pay any more money, especially... So that's a couple of problems for me. Uh, I understand there are positives and I do see the practical side of it. The weather's better. But you're also talking a long time without football as well. At the moment, the end of the season is, by the end of May, everything's finished. So you've got June and then most of July, sometimes all of July without football. So it's two months without football. The country, our country, the weather can sometimes be worse in November than December. And equally worse in February than it can be in January. So are we talking ending it by November and then starting in March, which leaves four months? That's an extra two months clubs have to pay players wages without any money coming in from attendances or, you know, people buying uh, things from the club shop, especially. So it's a big, I would think it would be, mean a bigger break. Cause if you end at the end of November and start, say, February, March, then you might get the worst weather anyway. So, I think there's a lot of issues which people would have to address. And I'm going to throw it back to Craig where it started and see what his, his responses are to a couple of the issues that I've mentioned.
0: Firstly, I was very impressed with your research. You know me. <laughs> I, I did like that. I, uh, you were you were talking about Europe. Uh, another negative I heard about Europe, and it's mentioned quite a, a few times, is that we would if we went down the route of... Playing between March and November, which, although this is all speculation at the moment, that that would sound the most obvious. This talk that we would be out of sync of the European competitions. I did a a little research myself, and if that was the case, we would the the final group match of the Champions League would be out with our season, as well as the the last sixteen, which only included the first leg. Now, going in the last few seasons i don't think it's likely that we're going to reach the last sixteen so the only issue there would be the final group match, which i don't think is reason enough to to not go for this approach in the Europa League, which is, is seeming more likely that our clubs are going to be participating in that we would only the, the final group match would be the only one without out with our season in fact as well as the the last thirty two so again it's likely that we are going to reach the last thirty two, going on the, the, the old firms previous, but we're not going to miss too much from Europe. So I don't I don't think that's a, a good enough reason to dismiss this. One issue I had thought of was and this is gonna pick on Chris Boyd a little bit, but the, the heat in the middle of the summer. I was wondering if that could affect the, the quality on the on the pitch. A lot has been said that if we play during the summer, we don't have to put up with uh, the ice, the snow, so perhaps performances could improve. But what if the, the heat affects the players? Chris Boyd himself had to come off during the Cup Final because of the heat. So I'm wondering if that could be an issue for the players, at least in the short term.
1: Especially since Chris Boyd doesn't even run around very much. Uh, I don't think the heat... I can't see it being an issue, it never gets, I don't think it gets hot enough in this country for it to really be an issue, I think players might feel it a bit, but they would adapt, and everyone's playing under the same conditions. so granted, maybe they'd they'd slow it down and they get dehydrated quicker initially, but I wouldn't see that as, if if foreign players can come over here and get used to the cold in the winter, and we expect them to get used to the cold, then surely we can't really moan about, you know. 20, 25 degrees, maybe max in the summer. It's not gonna get much more than that. So and maybe that would help us in Europe I suppose, you know, where it can be warmer, especially in the early games when they're sort of the sun's still out, I don't know. I can't see the, the temperature being an issue. One thing I was gonna say, I know you mentioned the European competition thing. I just striking me there that every two years, as I mentioned, there there is gonna be an international tournament. Does that mean in June that would we still play? Say, for instance, if five or six players from each of the old firm went a couple from a few other SPL teams, would we
0: just not play in June? Uh, Johnny Robb on the forum, he addressed the, the issue with, with the World Cup and the Euros, and he had the fall to say, if Scotland qualify for tournament finals, I think he's also including other uh, the potential for losing other players as well, then for me, I'd take a break from the league. Regardless of what team's affected and play catch-up towards the end of the season, the league could be structured so that only two games are scheduled in June, thus minimising any add-ons. And the use of midweek games early in the season could be used to get ahead. I think that that bit's key, that we're not going to have as many postponements. So we can fill the the midweek calendar with games because we don't have to leave them free.
1: My my issue with leaving June, say so every two years, say, we've got an international tournament, if we leave June free, then as I've already stated, we're going to be losing more months. I, I, I presume that obviously December and January will be out the window. I think February as well. A lot of November, if we're looking to avoid the bad weather, is out the window. If you're then talking another month in June not being used, then you're talking maybe four, possibly four to five months with no revenue coming in. And for clubs in Scotland, I think... They rely on on the money coming in from match revenue. I don't know if they could. I think a lot of teams, even in the SPL, would struggle paying their player wages for that you know, for that much time without any money coming in. Really, that's that, that's my main issue with it. It's hard to avoid the bad weather sometimes, unless you write off that four months at the end and the start of the year. And then if you add another month, I just think there's a lot a lot of time without revenue coming in. I don't know what. Your view on that sort of thing would be Fraser.
2: I think you would probably be able to get away with uh, playing in December. I think uh, December tends to be slightly warmer than certainly January, February, and uh, to an extent the start of March. Um, I think probably you would see an increase in revenue and you know people through the doors, uh, even tourists you know that were in Scotland for the summer who maybe take the chance to go along to a local football match. That you'd probably see increased uh, revenue through increased uh, support during the the summer months that it would maybe make up for that shortfall that you're talking about. I I just have to say, I mean, I think the the quality of the play would ultimately be better. I think it would be for the benefit of Scottish football in the long term in relation to the style of football that ends up being played, uh, the quality of the players that were, you know, nurturing throughout. I mean, you were saying that, you know... uh, the Danish league doesn't play, I think I think there's a Danish uh, Sashley Anger or whatever it's called, uh, league match tonight actually, uh, German second division, um, it plays during the summer months uh, Norway, Sweden, Iceland the majority of them uh, I don't know if you could look at them and say that they are not going to give us a good challenge in uh, the Europa League, uh, sorry the European Championships or the World Cup if we ever came across them, I'd say they would probably be able to give us a good uh, you know, competitive match and unfortunately, the way Scottish football is going at the moment, more than more than not, they'll be likely to beat us. When it comes to club football, yeah, maybe not, maybe because they don't have a great deal of revenue behind them um, and, and they probably couldn't compete against teams like uh, Rangers and Celtic, but I think they just have a, a better structure in place that it seems to benefit the national side. Uh, they have a structure that benefits it more than ours. The structure does benefit ours.
1: But what do you think of um, being out of sync with the major nations? Do you not think that'll put... A lot of players off moving to Scotland, as I say, if they're used to the English calendar or the Spanish calendar or whatever it might be, the German, Dutch, French calendar, because it's then a big, it's a big change for them because they've either got to sign and they're mid season and they've suddenly got to hang around for a couple of months or they've got to sign at the end of a full season and they're then going into another full season which is in mid flow.
2: No, I mean, it's a completely valid point, but why are we necessarily having to look to Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, German players coming over to Scotland to play football. Why can't we go about it in a manner that we produce world-class players like we used to?
1: That would be good in theory. I understand that. But um... well, I mean,
2: you're, you're, you're saying in theory that people won't come over and play football in Scotland. That, that's fine in theory, but in practice, why aren't we trying to make the, the most of, uh, of our homegrown talent? Why aren't we trying to nurture them to an extent where... We don't necessarily need players coming in from the foreign market. Why don't we do it so that our top teams have top Scottish players?
1: I like the thinking. I like the thinking behind that. No, I, I do. I do like the thinking behind that. But at the same time, it's it, it would be hard to rely. I don't think many leagues rely just on players from their own country, though.
2: No, no, I, and and then short term, probably in the short term for the introduction of a, a summer league, you would still be looking for foreign players to come in and uh, probably increase the level of talent and skill in Scottish football. But in the long term, we would then be hoping to put into place a structure that could uh, create generations of great footballers to come.
0: I think the the fact that we would be playing summer football, the the fans would, would be keener to turn up because it was a nice summer's day and they wouldn't be sitting freezing in the stands I think I think the attendances would grow and with that in the long term anyway we would get more more kids playing football and which can only be a good thing towards improving the, the pool of players that we have available and really just backing up really what you're saying there Fraser that we should be looking inwards and I think that summer football would bring that
2: Don't get me wrong I, I still see the romance of uh, football as it is at the moment I mean I think there's Nothing better than going to a match in the, the pouring rain when it's a cup tie and, and you look for your bovro and a pie to keep you warm. I mean, there's there's great romance in uh, Scottish football the way it is at the moment, uh, certainly from a historical point of view. And even just now, you know, you can't beat going to a good, uh, you know, tussle of a, of a league match or a cup match when it's horrible weather. But, uh, you know, realistically, you're going to get more people in the doors if it's better weather. And uh, the, the quality of the play would be far better.
1: I like the I like the points Fraser's making. I, I like the idea of bringing through our own players, I have to say. I'm not entirely convinced of the attendance thing. I think at points people will like it a lot more, the fact that it's summer and it's warm. At the same time, a lot of people are away in the summer. I know it's not all the time. I'm not saying that everyone's going to be away at the same time, but it might have a slight effect. And I, for one, actually like... I love the winter games. I'm not sure why. I seem to tend to go to a lot more away matches through the winter months. Don't ask me why. I just, I quite like the cold, Scottish, wet nights with a bovril and a pie. And it just, it's something that I've, I've always liked about the football. And I think we get used to it in this country. Of course, maybe that puts a lot of maybe fair weather fans off or people who maybe don't even necessarily passionately support a team. They just want a day out. Maybe it'll encourage more in if it's a nice sunny day and they can get a cold drink and sit out and enjoy the enjoy the game as well as maybe work on their tan as well.
2: Puts a lot of uh, sorry, no, and okay. it puts a lot of, puts a lot of women off uh, the weather. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to uh, this isn't a <laughs> uh, uh, approach or uh, view, but you know, poor weather is uh, more likely to put women off going to the football than, than good weather. If it's good weather. Yeah, you know, a lot of women will say, yeah, let's go to the football. There's a lot of women, uh, you know, uh, there's there's this view that football's a football's a man's sport and only supported by men in Scotland. It's not. There's a lot of women who are probably deterred from going along to support football matches, you know, simplistically because of the weather. Uh, and if that was uh, better weather during the summer, you'd probably see more female fans. And again, that would probably help to increase your your revenue through increasing your uh, attendances.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that could be extended to to males as well. <laughs> well, well, more more females there will encourage more males. Well, I wasn't going down that route oh, like. no, Yeah, I'm that's not. that's better than. <laughs> my, my, yeah. uh, I've got I've got an interesting comment from somebody on the forum that I thought would maybe be nice to wrap things up, and it's from Black Dog, uh, another regular, and his comment is, personally, don't give a monkey's chuff. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was meaning to add a couple that I had on Facebook just because I feel a bit bad if I put the question out there and I didn't mention them. And mainly reiterating what you guys had already mentioned, really, Chris Smith on Facebook basically said uh, less fannying around with games called off in the winter. A a nice good Scottish term in there as well. (laughs) Uh, Kids more likely to enjoy themselves and stick at it, hence improving our national team in years to come. I think that's something which um, both Fraser and Craig have touched on as well, and I get to watch footy in the summer, teams more prepared for European competitions. Tam Sharp agreed, just said everything Chris Smith just said. Um, He also said having football to watch and bet on over the summer would be just peachy. Um, (laughs) He did go on and say the only drawback would be no New Year or Boxing Day games, which I know is a big thing. The New Year's Derby in particular, with the old firm in Edinburgh ones, are quite a big sort of draw for the crowd's. Danny Ferris says he's for it as well. Less midweeks, shorter break, less games where it's cold. He said he hated December, always been the busiest time of the season in terms of fixtures. He said one year, I think Celtic had about nine games in all competitions. It's
2: a conspiracy.
1: (laughs) It always is. Lance Walker finally added one against it, saying no time for Motherwell Community Swimming Pool Stadium pitch to grow back. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a couple of uh, opinions, and that's from
0: Facebook. So in summary for summer football, my vote would be to go to go with it. I do understand that there's a lot of traditionalists that would that'd be keen to keep things the way we are, but if we're going to move forward in terms of the national team, in terms of our domestic teams in Europe, I really think that summer football is the way ahead.
1: As I said before, I was playing devil's advocate a bit with... A lot of the points, just so we had kind of both sides of the argument, but I am still leaning towards not going with it. I'm afraid there are some great points there from people on the forum. Fraser as well added some things which gave me some food for thought. I'm open to be convinced still, but part of me thinks there's too many risks there, so I'm going to be still just narrowly keeping with the way things are. Although I think there are a lot of things that we could change, which maybe we could also look at something in future podcasts maybe, but for now, I'm going to say no, I'm afraid.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say that I'd, uh, I'd like to be proved wrong. Uh, um, I just think it's worth a try, certainly. It's worth a trial period for maybe a season, two seasons. If it works, great, we can carry on and we can go forward. If not, we learn the lessons and we try and implement what we have learned from that. And, uh, and hopefully, I mean, Scottish football just needs a shake-up at the moment. Even having a trial season or two of this would definitely be a shake-up. Uh, and it's worth a try, if nothing
0: else. I thought we'd, we'd look ahead to the games in the coming weekend in the SPL. And really I was wondering what your predictions are for the, the first game of the weekend, the 12 o'clock kick off on Saturday is St Johnson versus Rangers. Personally, I can't see St Johnson scoring and Rangers I think is going to be too strong. So I've went for 2-0. What about yourself, Laurie?
1: I'm looking at my Scottish football forums predictor page now and I have indeed put St Johnston to fail to find the net even with the signing of Sandasa today, Exton Sunday United. Um, and I've went three 0 so I went overly optimistic even from you, from a Hut's point of view. So I've went three 0 three 0 Rangers in that game. I've went I can't see much else happening. I think Ali will shake things up a little bit after them being a bit lethargic the weekend and I imagine Yelovich will be keen to get his first goal of the season and I expect a comfortable Rangers victory
2: Yeah, I think it could be 3-0 pushing four. I said 3-0 I just think Rangers will be smarting after last week's performance and uh, I think they're probably going to make one or two more additions by the end of the week and uh, I think you could see them uh, really go for it I'd, I'd say 3-0 The
0: next game I've got is Inverness against Tabernan I mentioned earlier that I was impressed by we both teams, really, low Inverness were beaten, I, I think they, they did well. Hibernian, again, they, they didn't get a chance on goal, but I thought they played well. Slightly controversial, I think I'm going to go for 2-1 to Hibernian, which does mean that they're going to have to get their first, uh, first shot. Not just first shot and goal, <laughs> they're going to have to get their first shot, but I'm going 2-1, Hibs.
1: I've went pretty safe, 1-1 one, one draw, Inverness. As I say, I think they'll struggle a bit more this season, but I think Hebs are a long way short of the team, which they'll have by the time the transfer window's closed. So I went 1-1. Can't yeah. add much more than that. I think it's probably a safe call on on, on my part, sitting on defence and going 1-1. Uh,
2: I'd say, I think it's going to be 2-2, unless Calderwood leaves by the end of the week, in which case I actually think Hebs might win. But I'm going to say 2-2. Two, two. I think uh, Inverness will be smarting a little bit after their performance. And uh, Hibernian, they really need to prove that uh, they're not going to be the whipping boys this year.
0: The uh, next match-up match up is Kilmarnock versus Motherwell. Motherwell showed that they've got goals in them, so I'm expecting them to score again. Kilmarnock, I've went to draw a blank, and I've went for Motherwell to win this 2-0. Who's this guy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. Please Fraser here either. I've also went with an away victory. I think Motherwell looked pretty good at the weekend. I think they're probably more settled team than Kilmarnock. Shields is still looking for his first win. I thought I was impressed him from what I saw at Tanadice, So I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way. But I would go Motherwell. I've went two one, so I've went a bit
2: more uh, positive than the Craig. I gave you a goal. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Uh, I don't know. I just think. Uh... Uh, things are going to have to start clicking for Kenny Shields and having seen them play pre-season I think it's definitely there maybe one or two of the players that didn't perform at the weekend can perform Uh, Gary Harkins in particular I think if Hefferman's back we could see his first league goal I'm going to say 3-1 Kilmarnock
0: And uh, the final game on the Saturday is St Mirren versus Aberdeen Previously I've maybe talked up St Mirren a bit but I think it's going to be an away win for this one. I can see Aberdeen winning this 2-0. I'm a fan of Brun and I thought you were about to say you're an
1: Aberdeen fan.
0: Though. No, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But no, I I do like Bruin. So, 2-0 Aberdeen for me.
1: I have... Um, God, I've been pretty safe with these ones. I went to draw again, 1-1. I couldn't decide. I think both teams have improved their teams from last season, but I still don't see them being anything particularly special, I think at the moment, unless Sabadeen maybe bring a new striker in by the weekend, they still lack someone to score, goals up there, especially with Maguire gone, I think St Mirren looked good, I saw the first half day, I thought they looked excellent first home game this season, expect them to do well but again, they couldn't finish their chances so I don't think there'd be a whole lot of goals, so again, pretty boringly I went 1-1, we'll see if Fraser has been a bit more adventurous
2: I'm afraid not I actually agree wholeheartedly with you there, Laurie. I think uh nice change. Played. <laughs> <laughs> they played very well today in the first half at Mirren. They were passing the ball around with great composure and it was very pleasant to watch uh and a complete transformation from last season. Aberdeen, I just it's just something not right at Aberdeen just now. I've got great respect for Craig Brown. I thought what he did it. Motherwell was fantastic. I do think he's got the potential to make Aberdeen a really good side. There's just something about them at the moment that I don't feel right. There's the balance isn't there. I think Fraser Fivey, incidentally, is a player to watch out for. I'm going to say 1-1, though.
0: The final game of the weekend is on Sunday, and that's Harps versus Dundee United. During the, the game on Saturday there against Rangers, I was very impressed by Harps. even Even Abu... That, I don't know, Laurie, I don't think you're a big fan of his, but I was <laughs> to say the least. I was impressed with him. He did make a, a bit of a bad miss, but I thought he'd done well. I'm going to go for 3-1 to Hearts.
1: It's exactly what I've put down. I have to say, I'm a little apprehensive, especially with Dundee United out of Europe, because we're not a team who's used to playing on a, a Thursday night away and then coming back and playing at home. United, as much as a draw with Comanica isn't the end of the world. I think they'll be keen to get their first win this season. So, I've went 3-1 hearts but I'm a little worried about it. I, I think our trip to Hungary, depending on how taxing it is, I really, honestly, couldn't tell you how the game's going to go against Paxi. I think maybe we, they could give us a closer run for the money. I've put down 3-1. I think we looked good at the weekend. I thought United maybe are lacking something still at the moment. So, I'm going to go 3-1 but uh, maybe... A little, a little nervous because we're not as uh, used to the midweek and then weekend game as uh, possibly the old firm are.
2: Uh, I, I think Tynecastle's going to be rocking for this one. I think Goodwillie's on his way out after the, the charges against him have been dropped. Uh, whether that's going to be by the end of the week, I seem to think this is some magical transfer week there. Everything's going to happen. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I think I, I'm going to say two one Hearts. And that was a hard one to call because I think Dundee United they are a really, really good side. Um, and they'll be pushing for top four again this season. I just think hearts, hearts are the, they've bought the best in the rest of this season. And I, I really fancy hearts to at least push till maybe about January, February to try and split the old firm. So 2-1, hearts.
0: I think it's, it's worth pointing out that Celtic have taken the option of opting out of this, this coming weekend's games because to play in the Dublin Super Cup, so Dublin as well was missing out. Uh, I think
1: that's is that that's all the games. I was just going to quickly say how did uh, how did everyone who's uh, doing well in the Scottish Football Forums predictor after the first week? I know I didn't do too badly. I got the Motherwell three nil bang on. Other than that, wasn't great. Who's uh, who's leading the pack after one week?
0: Well, prior to the Dunfermline against St Mirren game, we had Douglas T. A. who was sitting at the top with 10 points in second place, the Happy Hatter on 9 and Park This, 71 also on 9. I was pretty woeful um, am way back in 4 points, so I wouldn't expect too much from my predictions of next weekend's games
1: It's a marathon, not a sprint
0: It's a marathon that I'm going to run very slowly at and going to end up probably, I think it was about 50th place last season it's, it's, I'm just not very good at it
1: That's mid-table,
0: that's not too bad <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Right, thanks a lot for coming on Fraser
2: No no worries, uh, thanks for having me if you ever uh, need me or, or fancy having me again just give me a shout
0: Yeah, will do and thanks again Laurie for your, your views. That's no problem at all you know I'm always uh, willing to have my opinions heard <laughs> Yep <laughs> And we'll be back next week with, uh, with episode three of the Scottish Football Forums podcast. Visit scottishfootballforums.co.uk to read the latest blogs and join in the banter on our famous forums. You can also follow us on Twitter at sfootballforums.